Yes, uh, Dr. Roger. That's right. That's, <laughs> just, that's this right. won't hurt a bit. That won't hurt. This will not hurt. It won't hurt a bit. Why don't you introduce yourself since you know it's not going to hurt um, and tell yeah. everybody who you are? Uh, my name is Stephen English, and I'm a introvert leadership coach based yeah. here out of Austin, Texas. Introvert leadership coach. We're going to get into that, and then we're going to get into Austin, Texas, one of my favorite cities. Um, but I will say this, I, I enjoy everybody listening to Do Not Listen to this podcast. Thank you also for supporting the podcast. And 50% of your donations go to Feeding Stray Cats and Dogs. And as I've said in the last couple episodes, we are now past 5,000. So that is cool. Um, well, let's get into the introvert extrovert thing first. We're going to mostly focus on talking about business growth in this episode, which is great. We might throw in some leadership and creativity. That's kind of the three topics we're covering on this round of do not listen to this podcast. So talk a bit about the introvert extrovert thing and how that came about. Cause I think that's a, uh, that's worth knowing. Yeah. Well, let's see. There's kind of the definition of introvert and versus extrovert, which I think most people are familiar with. Uh, so Carl Jung, um, famous psychologist, kind of coined the term, right? And in the, I guess the big dividing line for introvert versus extrovert is an introvert is energized by being alone, right? And they, they need to have- Thank those. God. Yeah. <laughs> Thank I'm God. I've just given away. Everybody thinks I'm an extrovert, but I'm like, no, no, no. I'm really an introvert. I'm very shy by nature. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and people are people are flexible, and that's that's the thing is that it, it it's more about how it is that you're energized. Is it that you like to be around other people, and when when you're done being around those other people, you absorb their energy, or do they drain the energy? So the, yeah. so the extrovert they actually absorb the energy from other people, and you know they they tend to be very enthusiastic. They print they tend to express their thoughts like immediately. Whereas right. an introvert, they really need to have that time to reflect and prepare right. and they tend to be more reserved. So there's that, you know, dividing line between introvert and extrovert. How I came to wanting to help introverts is that, you know, I myself, despite the fact that I have gotten, I, I've learned, I've learned. Yeah, I'm, 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 like, I'm in the same camp of you. I, I mean, acting, I mean, I was fortunate. I was more of an introvert and shy fat kid. Um, and so that was, you know, that was it. And then I learned uh, acting and then I, you know, I got hired to act from when I was 12 and write from when I was 12. And that's how, that's how I got out of it. You know, so I understand why, you know, people would never describe me as an introvert. That's uh, right. You know, yeah, and I think anybody who who sees me now, same sure, thing. And, sure. and I didn't even know that about you about being overweight. So I was. Oh, I was a fat pounds. kid. I, I, oh. I was. It was not a good look. I was uh, five foot eight and uh, one hundred and eighty five pounds. That was not a good look. That was not. And at that age too, where you, you were, you were, and I realized that if I didn't lose all that weight, I would not date. And so I lost yeah. the weight. I grew up I, in the summer. I grew like six inches and lost the weight. Then I. But the problem is when you're a fat kid, you never let go of that fat kid image. hundred percent. And in fact, um, <laughs> a lot of, a lot of thoughts are coming up. So I was, and, and this isn't me comparing uh, numbers or anything, but I was no, no, six okay. foot one, six foot one, 311 That's, pounds. I was up. You big, win. Big you win. Yeah. I won the numbers. I you won, win. The numbers you win the numbers. And I was, I was original gangster computer nerd. 
So okay. you know how they talk about these like incel, right? Yeah. So these, uh, you know, they're like involuntary celibate kids. Sure. I was, I was that kid, right? Yeah. So I was the, the overweight kid who would come home from school, do his homework, listening to, to you know, at that time it was like death metal, right? right. You know, Anthrax, sure. Slayer, all this stuff. It's a great stuff choice, just, but it's a, it's a great yeah. choice. Yeah, really, really empowering and, and uh, happy music. Yeah. And then I, you know, I would do my calculus homework. I would knock that out of the park and then I would just nerd out playing on the computer. And back then it wasn't so much just video games. It was, we had bulletin board systems. So bulletin sure. board systems was the original gangster social network. That's right. And, and I would just eat Doritos and drink Coca-Cola till it was time to go to bed. Yeah. And then that was it, you know, so that ballooned me out and I became incredibly insular in yeah. my social environment. I only had a couple of friends yeah. and they, people tell me there were even speaking things we had to do in high school. I don't even remember them. Like, yeah, yeah, I don't, right. Yeah, right. Like, I, they were so traumatic yeah. to me, but here I am now, you know, I run Toastmasters clubs. I teach public speaking. I teach right. presentation skills. I, I run all kinds of different training and, and I, and I'm a leader as a coach. Right. So, so something happened. Right? right. And, and so that's why I want to help folks who are still stuck in that introversion. So still, yeah. Not I expressing mean, their, their, by the way, that's, the, that's the majority of people out there, by the way, you know, most of the people out there are, you know, they're, they haven't even begun to open up their voice in any form or fashion on social media, especially people over 40. I mean, they, they have just, they, you know, because they haven't done it because they haven't tried because they're afraid of what people think, all that stuff. There's so many, I mean, if they can hook up with somebody like you, that's a, it's a great benefit. And so why don't you jump into how, how all of that stuff helps with business growth? Because I think that'll be help, helpful for people that are trying to grow their business who might find that might be listening to this and going, you know what, this, I, I get this, this is me. How does speaking and how does, coming out of your shell and all that stuff kind of lead to business growth. Yeah. Well, I'm, at the end of the day, people buy from those that they, those that they know, like, and trust. And so in order for people to get to know you, you have to express your ideas, right? So you have to right. know what you stand for, know what you value yeah. and be consistently speaking on those areas. And if that comes down to you developing kind of a, uh, a branding that you have, right. you know, five pillars of things that you generally talk about, right. uh, that you, that you care about and you're consistently right. messaging around those, then that will start to help people get to know you. I'm constantly amazed at people. And when I do workshops about values, I am constantly amazed about how few people actually know their core values. And, and they think they do. I mean, yeah. you know, my core value is fun. At the end of everything, no matter what, whether it's serious or fun, it's, uh, it's got to be fun. And there's reasons for that. You know, there's a story behind that, but I don't even need to go into detail about that, but I know that's my core value. So whenever I'm jammed up in a situation, my, my default instinct is, okay, how are we going to make this fun? Even mm -hmm. if it's a really shitty situation, right? Even if it's a car wreck, it's like, okay, how are we going to make this car wreck fun? right? Let's, let's find pieces of the car wreck. Let's try to put the car wreck back together. Let's make it a, a scavenger hunt, anything to kind of be fun and create, you know, creative about it. 
but most people don't know their core value or they'll say, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll say, they'll confuse it. They'll say uh, family. I'm like your family is not your core value. I mean, your family's important, but it's not mm-hmm. a core value. I mean, you know, you can leave the family. People do. <laughs> so yeah. you know, It's like, you know, you can get, you know, so what is that? How do you help people get to their core value? Well, I think that that takes some reflection on the the stories that they have of when they're feeling their best, when they're doing their best. Mm. So kind of looking back on their life and and seeing, you know, what's the common thread. I mean, otherwise, you know, there are assessments for it. Sure. uh, You know, out there that, uh, you know, just put a series of of really prompts in front of you and and ask you to answer. Uh, I know from, you know, for myself, you know, I, learning is, is definitely my core value. Um, yeah, it's a big one. You know, connecting, connecting with other right. people is my core value. I, so, so I, um, how, how do people get in touch with it? Yeah, there's a whole bunch of different ways. I mean, they can either kind of look, like I said, kind of do a little bit of a retrospective. There's different assessments out there. I mean, even looking at, uh, in essence, a list of values and seeing what sure. it is that really resonates with them. But I think you you hit on a, another important aspect, which is there's an aspirational value, meaning yeah. it, you know it's right. something we the really dominant, wish we the, the, the yeah dominant, we yeah, really want right. it yeah, yeah, yeah. we really right. really want it, right. but then we don't actually express it. So yeah. so there's there's even another layer there where you you do this values assessment, but then you come back along with non-judgmental discernment sure. and rate yourself. And, and then that's where there's stress in your life because here you are, you say this is a big value, but then you're not, you're not doing it, right? Like yeah, exactly. if, if you're, I was, no, you're nowhere near it. You're nowhere, yeah, we're, you're nowhere, nowhere near it. Near. So that's a yeah. gap and that causes you that's some the pain. pain. Yeah, that's the, yeah, pain. That, the pain. That's the pain. Yeah, that's the pain. Um, how did you find your core values? Well, I, I think looking back, it really was about identifying those times when I did feel absolutely alive and mm. what, it, what it looked like and had to be what was, you know, kind of like we were talking about before we started the session sure. is there was, you know, the dark night of the soul for me in my own hero's journey where I was in just total pain from my alcoholism. And when I finally did figure out how to get sober and finally took the steps and, and, and did the work, I got all my feelings back. And so I started to see as I was experiencing the world, like this is the time that I felt really, really alive. Right. And these are the times when I felt just, you know, like sapped, like, like this is, this is killing my soul. And right. in that polarity, I could, I could mine that and I could say, okay, you know, I feel more alive. I feel, you know, t- like in the state of flow, right. Where sure. uh, time passes differently. I've got more energy when I finish it, right. whatever the activity is than when I began. Right. And that's how I started to figure out like what it was, you know, even like in this conversation with you right now, like my value of connection, like I'm enlivened right now, you know, I'm, I'm getting to meet you. Right. And, and not not for you, for who you are, but right. just simply because we get to connect. Yeah. And and so I, I feel that. Right. Like yeah, I yeah. feel I feel charged up and excited about it. And so that's that's kind of how, you know, you 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 really have to allow yourself to feel certain things 
yeah. and then mine those feelings. I, I think this is really important for, especially for uh, business owners or people that want to become business owners or people that are kind of unfulfilled at work, right? I mean, you know, we all go through these phases where we don't quite know what we're doing. And it's critical to become comfortable in that uncomfortable situation, right? Where, and, and that's how we expand and grow. And so I think that what people miss is that if you're not, if they're not in touch with their values, that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just, Hey, there's a whole chunk of work you can do. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then I, I love it when people throw around values, like, like it's like they got in touch with it. And then a month later you see that they've totally strayed from it. It's really fantastic. It's like, well, that was, that was not your value. That was your idea. Or that was what mm -hmm. you thought. That was what you thought your value had to be to attract certain customers to grow your business. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that you're, now you're hinting a little bit at, at the often overused term of authenticity, right? Oh my like God. Something it drives me crazy. The word. I know I, there needs a new, we need a new word for well, it. Or people need to look up what it means <laughs> Yeah. before they start talking about it. I mean, I, I mean, I have to tell you some of the people out there that are preaching about authenticity are the most fake people I have ever met seen or come across in my life but somehow they got on this list of like these are the words to talk about and let's talk about authenticity yeah but it's just you know it's easy to say I, we always tell people be yourself right um but that's easier said than done because people are complex right so you know yeah. it's like but I, I do think that the authenticity thing is really funny i'm like just share six or seven things about yourself that you think people might be interested in. And then if people are interested in it, share more. Yeah. If they're not interested, find six or seven other things. I think where that landed for me was that, you know, when I first went out there, I, I kind of, so I'm a people pleaser. I'm uh, or at least I was, I'm a recovering people pleaser. I'm also a recovering shapeshifter, quasi, mm -hmm. Aussie crystal, you know, where I can, I used to pride myself in my early twenties. I used to pride myself on like, I can hang out with anybody, <laughs> yeah, with everybody, you right. know, and I thought that was a great thing. And what it really meant was that I can adjust who I am right. for the people that I'm around and, and be fake. And, and it was, and it's complete bullshit. And what it right. took, so it came from a scarcity mindset, right? Sure. Like that I'm not going to meet. So in business, right? Like what would that look like in business? Be like, okay, this is the person that's in front of me. This is the person that I can sell to. So let right. me adjust myself so right. much so that, right. yeah. And then what happens is, is that you do get their business, but then over time you show your suit, your true colors, and then they, they're unhappy. They're dissatisfied. Yeah. So what it took was to go from that scarcity to really see the, the universe for as abundant as it is, right? We're almost, I think we're at 8 billion people, maybe, maybe not quite yet 8 billion, but you know, the planet is, is quite huge. And if, if all you need is a thousand raving fans. Yeah, that's right. And then, then be your freaking self yeah. and, and you're going to find the people that resonate with you. And that's what I love about LinkedIn is that I can just keep being myself and yeah, over time, well, people are magnetized. That's right, and also to the, repulsed. The thing that we, the thing that I, we crack up about is the people that go for giant vanity metrics, which is fine. I mean, like I, we've had many things go viral for over decades in different scenarios, so it's fun. 
but it doesn't pay the bills. And, and the funny thing is, is that you can't, you can't service all those people. I mean, most people, most people really can service maybe 20 to 50 people. That's about yeah. it. And, and so that's your capacity. And, you know, it's like if, if you, if you've made connections and, and you have a customer base of 20 to 50 people, you've pretty much done your job. That's it. Just work that. And then, you know, let that just, you know, let referrals come from that and let people, you know, organically leave naturally as they should, you know, every customer has a life cycle and let new people come in and, you know, don't, you know, you don't have to hit a thousand, a thousand people interacting with you every day, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. You don't need, you know, and, I agree. I, and I, and as you said, something about vanity metrics and viral posts, like I've had sometimes when things did get a lot of notice and the only real benefit from it was that it got on more people's feeds, which then, you know, it was like the number of opportunities times the probability that somebody would be magnetized to what I'm all about. So the probability of them being magnetized is a fixed number. Right. And the funny thing is, is that's right. And the funny thing is, is that not just, I mean, not just with LinkedIn, but all social media platforms, historically, what we see is the posts that do the least generate the most sales. Yes. So you're better off, you're better off if a post hits a hundred people and you get a sale rather Mm -hmm. than if it hits 10,000 people or a hundred thousand people and you get no sales. I mean, just, you know, it's very interesting. People, a lot of people don't know how to do math. It's very, we, we really know this now. It's also about, and not, you know, the post itself gets you, in some cases, the conversation with somebody. Yeah, that's all it does. And, the, and that's the, where the sale goes. The, the best, you know, I mean, if, if somebody was listening to this and, okay, well, how am I going to track, you know, success failure of my social media? Well, that would just be straight up lead generation. Mm-hmm. How many leads did it, you know, I used to, we used to, used to say people all the time, look, if you connect with one person a day, that's great. It's better than if you were out in the real world, you probably wouldn't have connected with one person. So one becomes seven, seven becomes, you know, 365, 365 becomes, you know, if you sell 10% of that, that's 36, that's your whole customer. You know, it can add up fairly simply, right? But if you're just trying to be everybody, like you said, people please are trying to be everybody's everything. You get trapped by that, you know, from, from a content standpoint, it'd be like, well, I now have to do this because that is what did well. And you end up becoming very average because you're trying to satisfy everybody. Well, yeah, you know, know, sorry to interrupt, but back to your thing about alcoholism, it's no different than the alcoholic who's always chasing the first drink. I mean, you're, the, the alcoholic or the addict chases the high of that first feeling, right? So when something goes viral, that's, that's what those people are chasing. They're chasing that mm-hmm. again and again and again and again. Um, and by the way, nothing wrong with things going viral as long as you can you know, maneuver through the opportunities that that creates, right? Um, and that's, that's really what I think people miss. Um, mm-hmm. e- easier tends to be more productive and more powerful and more profitable. So um, who is the perfect kind of um, customer for you? And how, and, and how did you find the introvert extrovert thing help you to grow that business? 
Well, it's interesting. I wanted so first and foremost, I looked at it from the standpoint of who do I really want to help? Sure. And and I I saw from being in industry for 22 years around a lot of introverts and a lot of people with some amazing ideas that they they didn't express them. You right. know, they couldn't they couldn't grow work relationships. They couldn't find the next opportunity very easily because they couldn't express themselves. They couldn't connect with other people very right. easily. Uh, they had trouble leading meetings. Um, right. They had trouble communicating one-on-one with other team members and things of that nature. So I just saw that that was a group of folks that I really want to help. I have, you know, when I look at all the folks that are currently working with me, they don't all fit that. Yeah, that's sure. Different. Yeah, that's, that's, your, that's your starting point. That's where you. Yeah, that's my starting point. I mean, I have I have maybe three clients that fall into that bucket, and then the the rest of them are, you know, they're folks that either uh, want to change their career. They're at a they're yeah. at an impasse, and they want to adjust their career, and so now they need to do the things like the sure. networking, right, and sure, setting sure. themselves a vision for them the, their their future steps, right. uh, etc. And and so. You know, as far as like, you know, I guess who it is that I'm helping, I'm helping really a mixed bag. Yeah, yeah. You know, in all in all honesty, I mean, I really wish I could sit here and say to you, yeah, everybody is all my quote unquote ideal client avatar. <laughs> <laughs> but that's really really for the messaging. Well, the, so the funny thing is that then that's the reason I brought it up because I like when I talk business growth, I like to, I like to bring this point up is that don't waste a lot of time trying to figure out your perfect customer. Your perfect mm-hmm. customer is the person that uh, works with you and pays you. That is your perfect customer. <laughs> that, that, that is yeah. every, we've just made it simple for you. That is your per and pays you on time. Yeah. And, and your perfect, perfect customer does that and refers business to you. That, those are the, that's it. Um, yeah. every, everything else is really kind of just uh, what you said. You needed that to kind of get to a focus point. And, and that's helpful, but you know, many other clients along the way in different categories. And you can have an extrovert, for example, who does still have all of those challenges. Oh, Meaning yeah. They have a fairly oh, yeah. small network and yeah. it's just for a different set of reasons. It, yeah. It, yeah. It's yeah. no, it, it's, I mean, I, I don't think I, I'm sorry to interrupt again, but no, I, I don't fine. think, I don't think it's an advantage or disadvantage to be an introvert or an extrovert. It just is what it is. It's it's mm-hmm. you you are wired how you're wired, and the other stuff is about learning the language of that. You know, um, I did this work on ADHD uh, when it was kind of kicking my ass, and I was like, "Well, why is it kicking my ass?" and and I was like, well, I could go on medication or I could try to approach it cognitively. And I, fortunately, I had a great therapist and we did it cognitively and I didn't have to do the drugs. But um, nothing, I mean, nothing wrong with it if you had to do the drugs. But what hit me was it was about learning a different language. Mm. People that don't have ADHD, they think it like they treat life in a very linear A to Z fashion. Um, and people that have it just that drives them batty, you know, and so you, uh, learning how to speak that other language is really important. I think that's I mean, I think I, I'm sharing that because I think that's probably what you're doing more than people uh, realize is that you know, you're mm-hmm. you can help the extrovert 
learn the introvert language and you can help the introvert learn the extrovert language and then it becomes more powerful. Yeah. And, and it's really about overcoming, you know, these fears of communicating, these fears yes. of rejection. And, and that's, you know, even kind of hearkening back to the business growth. I mean, that's, that's how you grow the business, right? You have to put yourself out there. You have to, you know, know what it is that you stand for and be able to speak about it, um, you know, regardless of who it is that's listening. So, um, yeah, it, it's, it, it's been one of those things where, you know, I actually started out, they say, they say, coach the person that you, that you once were. And so originally I wanted sure. to be a midlife men's coach because mm -hmm. I had struggles with, with being, you know, mm -hmm. going through my midlife uh, sure. transition. Right. And, and over time I, I evolved it, you know, right. and I, I said, Hey, I, I want to help tech, tech leaders. Right. And most tech leaders are introverts. Right. And well, they say that the, the numbers like it's 50 50 almost general population. But from what I've seen, having been in industry as long as I was in, in those technical roles, it tended to be more introverts. So I thought, well, these are folks that, that I have a familiarity with them and they have a familiarity with my story. Right. So I thought, eh, that might be that might be a good fit. Plus, I, I just know that I can help them. Well, you're also back to the point about Austin. You're in a great growth city. And we want to talk about Austin a little bit. I think a lot of people don't understand. Uh, Austin is like a whole different thing, completely separate from Texas. It's a whole different universe within inside of Texas. Yes. And when it was first, so I moved here 15 years ago, almost 15 years ago. It'll be, it'll be in six months. It'll be uh, 15 years. And when I came here, you know, it was, it was kind of like, um, you know, keep Boston weird was, in fact, I own a pair of socks that are probably 10 years old that say that on there, biking socks. And it was that Dawson, that Austin was a dot of blue in a sea of red, yeah. which does have a political yeah, statement. Yeah, that's true. And, and, and I, I, I think, you know, you could even change the colors. You know, you yeah, could sure. say it's, sure. it's, it's purple in, in a sea of, of, of whatever, right? You know, right. it's just like, it's, it's just different. It's just right. different. And, what attracted me to it was it has, um, you know, so I was in Phoenix, Arizona, which mm -hmm. is a very desert climate right. and, you know, it beautiful place. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I love I Arizona. I there a lot. It was it's yeah. a great place to go. Yeah. I love, I loved it. And, you know, I saw the end of my, I saw the writing on the wall at that particular company. They, I, I, I could see they weren't investing in it. So I popped the, you know, I, I popped the periscope up and I started looking around and I was on a business trip to Dallas mm -hmm. and I had a high school buddy here in Austin. Gotcha. So he said, Hey, come on down. So I came down, you know, he lived in downtown, um, you know, like, like ninth street and Lamar for those that are actually listening around here. So he, he had, you know, lived in nice digs, lived close to the whole foods. So mm -hmm. I went over to the whole foods and enjoyed it. You know, went down to, to the park, Silker park. And I was like, wow, you know, this is beautiful. There's trees everywhere. It's green. There's rolling countryside. I bet you there's some good mountain biking, which is, you know, one of my loves. This is a pretty great place. And then people right. are, and I love the South. So I, I went to college in North Carolina. Um, you know, I, well, grad school in North Carolina, I, I lived in the South a lot. Super, super friendly people. Mm -hmm. super friendly people. And then of course it was, and, and when I moved here, it actually was in its, in a little bit of a downturn in mm -hmm. terms of the, 
the growth, right? So factories, so semiconductor factories, that's my background. They were starting to, to dry up. Mm -hmm. But I just, I thought, you know, this is, this is an ideal place, you know, and I had one, uh, you know, I had two kids at the time. <laughs> the second one was, was only two months old, you know, okay. and I, so we moved, we moved, you know, here and uh, yeah, it was, it was a great decision to have made. It has, this place has boomed. Yeah, it's it has changed. It yeah. really changed. And, you know, there's a part of me that is a little bit um, nostalgic. For what it for, was before. For what it was, yeah. Because this is the longest I've lived in any one town, gotcha. right? Like I was, I was, you know, t age two to eight in Ohio, uh, you know, like, like eight to 11 in Mexico City, 11 to 18 in Florida, Gotcha. you know, South Florida. So like that, that my childhood was all, all over yeah. the place. So this is the longest I've been anywhere. Yeah. Austin's Austin is great. I kind of, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm, I want to downsell it because I really don't want anyone else moving. You don't here. want more people coming. That's right. Cause dude, it's ridiculous. Like my old house, the house, the house that I bought when I first moved here now has doubled in value. Right. I don't, I'm not still in that house. No, no, I got divorced, exactly. sold it. Right. And then I bought this house that, has already since I bought it in right. what was that August? It's already gone up, right? And then it's hitting me with the tax bill. So there's all sure. kinds of reasons <laughs> I don't want everybody to move here. Don't move here, well, okay? So, okay, so so this is a good thing. So other than other than don't move to Austin, Texas, <laughs> what would you like people that have been listening to the podcast to take away from from you jumping on? Oh yeah, oh uh, wow, um, that's a that's a really great question. I would say. Be open to more conversations. We're living in a highly isolated time right now because mm -hmm. of COVID, because of, uh, you know, we got social media, which let's face it, really isn't social unless you're using it like you and I are at right, this right. present moment where we used it as an opportunity to connect sure. with, with some little words on the screen. Right. And then we got into conversation, real right. deep conversation. So, right. As an antidote to the the forcing function that's happening right now with the with COVID and the isolation and the quarantine and social media, strive to create more authentic conversations, and this will actually grow your business. Yeah, exactly. That's right. So I would say I'd say that. That's you know? great. Well, thanks for coming on the show. It was fantastic to have you. Yeah, it's fantastic. Thank you, for Roger, for letting me uh, join you, and hope you have a great day. And my my pleasure.